Welcome to the Pleasure Alchemy Podcast. We're your host, Janessa Dalalana, women's empowerment mentor, group facilitator, and body worker. Samantha Stelk, self-love and sexual empowerment coach. Our mission is to activate you to your most embodied, authentic, and pleasure-led life. Together, we explore what it means to call in your deepest soul's desires with ease, flow, and integrity. Here, we remind you that the meaningful relationships, unshakable confidence, and aligned purpose you crave is available for you, no matter what your background. In this space, we share our personal insights and intimate conversations with soulful leaders, visionaries, and experts on all things related to spirituality, sexuality, self-empowerment, shadow work, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for being here and joining us. Now let's dive in. Thank you all for tuning in to episode two. I am really excited to bring on this next guest. She is a good friend of mine and she has a lot of wisdom and knowledge to share. And I'm going to read her bio and then we'll hop in the conversation. Amber is an empowerment coach with 10 years experience in the healing industry, including trauma and addiction treatment, massage and bodywork therapy, and transformational coaching. She has a deep passion for guiding women into their empowerment through coaching, spirituality, and astrology. Amber identifies as being a part of the Rose lineage and utilizes her guides from this connection, such as Mary Magdalene, Venus, Isis, and Mother Mary. All right, now let's get started. Hello, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad that you guys asked me to be on here and that I get to connect with you both more here and talk about all the juicy things. (laughs) That's actually me and Amber, a little quick background. We met right before COVID exploded and we were in a group coaching program together and I witnessed Amber completely transform in so many levels and Amber can attest to this and share a little bit about how um, forming a relationship with Mary Magdalene has affected her life and transformed the way that she relates to her body to her relationship to her husband and so many other things but I'll let Amber dive into that and share a little bit more about herself yeah thank you yeah we did um yeah, we did go through, I feel like COVID was such a portal for me because, you know, we all had to like go inside. I feel like nature just like sent us to our room <laughs> and it was exactly what I needed. Cause I, I was like, so on the go all the time. And I was just like, just one of those people who was like very unconsciously just like running through my life, like just doing all the things and like going, going, going and like fit, taking on too many things, never like having boundaries or saying no to things. And, and I wasn't connected to myself at all. And because I wasn't connected here, I was like, not wanting other people to connect with me. So I almost mm. ca- had it like a, like an armor or something mm. around me. And it was like feeding, like toxic, toxically feeding my ego, you know, of like I can do all these things. And And then when I slowed down, I remember like just purging these emotions, like just like from the depths of me and, um, Mm. 
this, I mean, I really, I, I went through a massive spiritual awakening, which I've gone through many before <laughs> I'm, I'm in recovery and I've been sober about 10 and a half years. And I went through a spiritual awakening then. And, and then about four or five years ago, I went through another one, but this one was, this one was so different than the ones I've gone through. Cause it felt like, I don't know. It just felt like sweeter in a way. And I, and I, and I think it is because I was connecting more with this like feminine frequency that I hadn't connected with before and just learning more about the way that it manifests in the physical world, like through, you know, through, I mean, just all these different ways. And um, yeah, it ch completely changed my life in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. And how did you first come across Mary Magdalene? For those of you that have no idea who she is or what she's about or yeah, I'll just give a little bit more of, of a background to our listeners. Yeah, I, um, well, I, yeah, so it, start, it started for me, it's funny, it started right before COVID, and I start and I honestly, like, I started having these, like, things, weird, and I won't get into all these stories, I have them recorded on my YouTube channel, someone that gets really curious and wants to know what they are, but, like, weird things started happening in, in my life, like, very bizarre, like, I went on a road trip one time, and had like hawks like jumping out at me like and I went all the way from North Carolina down to Louisiana and then back and I saw 12 hawks like I started counting after like the third one I'm like I should just I should feel like I should be counting these and I saw 12 and I was like what is going on like what is going on and and um so weird stuff like that started happening and someone brought up her name at, um, I was going out, I went to dinner with a friend and she just like randomly was like, you know, Mary Magdalene and Jesus were partners and they had a tantric relationship. And I was like, whoa. And I just like, couldn't stop thinking about it after she said that. And I literally became obsessed. Like <laughs> if I was in the desert drown or like dying of dehydration and someone handed me like the only glass of water for like thousands of miles like that water was Mary Magdalene like I was like mm -hmm. I was like it, it's I mean it's totally like I don't even know what it was but I was just receiving all of this information like all day long I was listening to podcasts I was reading things YouTube like and I, I, it was like, I needed, to, it was like, a, I don't even know where, where, why, but it was like, I needed to have this information. And, and I, and I learned everything I could about her and, and just a little bit of background about her. A lot of people, um, I guess if you're live in the States or I'm making a generalization right now, but a lot of Christians believe that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute and um, that she was forgiven by Jesus and that she became one of his disciples because he forgave her. And, um, she was able to live like a, I don't know, like a blessed life, I guess, after he forgave her. So that's a lot of the, she's kind of like a, not like a nobody, but she's not that important in the Bible, you know, other than that story. But, um, in my research, I've learned that that is not true. And, and, mm. and there's actual like evidence of this, that that's not true. And that the, the reason why a lot of people think that is that the Catholic church, there was a Pope hundreds of years ago that made that assumption. And he actually taught that in, um, to the Catholic church. And so it's been literally carried on until, um, not even that long ago, I think 2016, the Catholic church came out and publicly said, we are, were wrong about this assumption about Mary Magdalene, that she is not a prostitute and that, um, we're going to give her 
a they there's a feast day now which is like a really high ownership of you know of her and it's on that's on July 22nd every single year is her feast day but um and what there's no evidence of all of this but this is what I believe to be true this these are like more of channeled messages from Mary Magdalene is that she is the partner of Jesus and that they were equals and that they created this ministry together and I believe that they engaged in sex magic, which, you know, rose their, um, it, it's kind of similar to the, the, what people teach in Kundalini, the raising of the energy through the chakras. And, um, and I believe that that's why Jesus was able to do what he did and like mm. made miracles happen. And I believe that Mary was like the person, you know, in the sidelines and she couldn't speak her truth back then because if she did, I mean, women were so severely um you know oppressed yeah like they were I mean if there was no equality I mean women were not I mean not important is not even like the word like they were they were not they were only good for breeding Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean like an animal um and Amber mm -hmm. I think there's no mistake why the the pope at that time who named her a prostitute to disempower women in positions of leadership is that correct absolutely and that is at like I'm getting chills with you saying that because there and there actually was a um oh man the name of it the council of Nicaea if anyone's Mm. heard of that before it was a it was a gathering of all the church officials and because um and they they decided what was going to be in the bible and what wasn't so it was literally these men that came together and were like, this is what Christianity is going to be. And they literally took out every woman who had written anything and destroyed it. Like there is a, there is a gospel of Mary. She's the only woman who's written an actual gospel and it's been destroyed. All the copies have been destroyed other than three they found in three different languages, but there was only pieces that they were able to get. So if you like Google the gospel of Mary, you can only see like a few pages that are like, like, it doesn't even really make sense because we don't have, we don't have so much of it, but so, yeah, I mean, they, they literally did, but they literally took this whole religion into their hands and were like, this is what we want it to be. And we don't want to have, we don't want women to have any power or to know that women had any power in the past. Right. Um, Yeah. And this divine union, this magic that they were able to create and it just goes to show of our capacity and our potential that there's so much more that we can access as human beings mm-hmm. especially when we're in right relationship divine relationship to another human being mm-hmm. and i mean they were probably very aware of that at the time and and of course it's it's also about the suppression of the feminine this energy that is so powerful mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah well and just the fact that she she didn't have a feast day until 2016 is so telling you know and we didn't even know that she had a gospel until the 50s so this is very and it's and and it's funny because it kind of is in alignment with our culture and the way that our culture is accepting more or the feminine is kind of pushing her way into you know to be seen it's like in the 50s I feel like the the things started to change yeah and then now you know or at least since 2000 I feel like things are really have shifted in the past you know five seven years you know 
the consciousness is definitely coming mm -hmm. alive and, and mm -hmm. rising within all yeah. of us. Yeah. And I honestly, I feel like, I feel like her gossip, her, her message has not come out until those, until these times, because we weren't ready to hear it. Like mm -hmm. if it had come out anytime before that, I really fullheartedly believe it wouldn't have been received because mm -hmm. we weren't, I don't believe that the world was ready to hear. I mean, a lot of people still aren't ready to hear it, but it, I, I, I don't think it would have been received if it hadn't come out until when it did. Amber, can, yeah. Can you please speak to some of uh, her messages or the essence of her message? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I feel like if there's any reason why I have absorbed all the information I have, it's for that reason. Cause I feel like I've been chosen or something to <laughs> speak about her message. Um, but yeah, I, and, and I just want to say like, all of this is my interpretation of what her message is. And if anyone doesn't resonate or doesn't agree or whatever, that's okay, that we can all have our opinions. And it, you know, if it, and if you are curious to get more about her, like, please just do your own research. Like, I feel like everyone has their own interpretation or, you know, this is my filter. And so I, I encourage you to go explore your own filter if it, you know, if that is calling to you. But I believe, Mary, Mary Magdalene, I think that there's a lot of power in her relationship. It, it, I feel like a lot of it has to do with um, relationship, especially in the heart space. Mm -hmm. In her gospel, she talks a lot about the heart space and the, and the soul. And, I, and I, I, my interpretation of what she's communicating is that the soul is here in this, in this physical world to to experience things through the heart, or at least that's maybe where our power is. And she says that there's these seven powers. She calls has these things called the seven powers, which is like I believe to be seven di seven different layers of our ego, mm -hmm. and that they're not bad. Like some of them are, they're kind of similar to the seven deadly sins, like anger and um, I can't remember exactly what she labeled them as, but I I interpret her communicating that that these seven different layers are things that we experience as humans like we experience emotions we experience jealousy like i mean we have these human humanness and that we get mm -hmm. to, we get to embrace that to live from our heart space and that shows up in our relationships with a partner as a mom the other thing about mary magdalene that there is some evidence about this that she had a daughter named Sarah and uh, when Jesus was crucified she was pregnant and she escaped to the south of France and um, and 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 had her daughter there and created this community which uh, I believe were called the Cathars I have another video about that on my YouTube about Cathars if you're interested I won't get into that now <laughs> but this community was all about what I just said like honoring the feminine honoring our humanness you know, it, sex for pleasure was another thing that they practiced, which was Woo! like, <laughs> yeah. And it was totally bizarre back then. I mean, this was like when the Catholic mm. ch church was being born, you know, and, um, and another example of the, of the, um, I can't think of the word, but of d trying to, you know, push down the feminine is that the Catholic church during the crusades literally murdered all of them like all of them were were killed mm. by the catholic church because they were practicing these things um 
but I, I, I believe that like what I just said, that we're, that we're coming, that this conscious, that consciousness is coming back because the world is ready for it now. Mm. Um, but yeah, another pieces of her message, I, I personally, what I've experienced in my personal life is, um, the essence of of intimacy like really having intimacy with myself like not just like not and I'm not I don't mean like just physical intimacy but like all-encompassing intimacy like being able to hold that space for myself and letting myself it it had to start with me I'll say like I had I started self-pleasuring I started Mm. being angry like screaming you know like just letting myself be whatever I wanted or needed to be in the moment and then letting myself just be accepted by me. And then I was able to open up more with other people like my husband and, um, and the, and, and then I feel more available for other people like my daughters, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I get to mother them in a way that I wasn't mothered, you know? So in a, in that's in, in a nutshell of what I feel like I've personally experienced from learning about her message. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah, when I feel into her energy, it just feels like pure unconditional love. And I love what you what you said about the this um, the soul coming through or expressing itself through the heart space, because in in Taoism they also refer to the heart as the spirit's palace. Mm. and yeah it's it really is about you know embracing our humanity as as really powerful medicine for Mm -hmm. becoming and stepping becoming who we're meant to become through embracing with love Mm -hmm. and that sounds it's it's more challenging to actually practice in day-to-day when you're being triggered, challenged, uh, when things aren't going your way or things kind of fall apart around you. But she's so grounded and rooted in that space of love. And that's, they called her the disciples of the disciples, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, um, because, and, and it was, known you know with the disciples back then that mary was special to jesus i mean actually there's multiple disciple multiple gospels written by other disciples that they talked about the relationship between mary and jesus and that they would kiss and that they would spend time alone and that he would tell he would give mary you know teachings to teach the other disciples and those gospels were taken out they're not in the bible they're um they're in the uh, a, a collection called the Gnostic Gospels, and that um, was that, Philip, one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Gospel of Philip and the Gospel of Thomas talk specifically about their relationship. But yeah, That's weird. Those were taken out. Yeah, well, they didn't want you know they didn't want right. people to know that. Well, and there's exactly. a whole story of you know Jesus being celibate and you know him not you know him like you know, whatever that story was that they were wanting to, yeah, carry on. False narrative to brainwash. Exactly. Yeah. To believing their belief systems Mm -hmm. for control and power. Exactly. Exactly. Control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do, I do think that when people are fully in their sexuality and expression, like that 
has life force energy that has power and people are intimidated by that. So it makes sense that mm-hmm. other people wouldn't want that to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you're right. And that they, they were scared, I think of, of their power, just like the, you know, the witches, like during the witch trials, like that's another perfect example of people being scared of that feminine power and like what they can create, you know, and, or do, or, you know, it's, and so, yeah, I mean, I just have to say, like, I, I am so passionate about talking about this now because like this, all of that magic and that medicine is, is here now for us to, cause we have freedom now. Like we, we all have, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have, have that freedom to practice whatever we want or talk about whatever mm-hmm. we want and be whoever we want, you know? Yeah. I've definitely experienced this in my own life and this this piece of like healing our relationship to our sexuality and coming into right relationship with our bodies. When we, the channel between ourselves is so pure and so loving and our sexual energy, our pleasure, when we're tapped into that energy, like a woman is radiant. She's magnetic. She Mm. is literally unstoppable. And that, you know, people who are in that space, they cannot be controlled or manipulated. And mm-hmm. it, it really does transform the way we live our lives on such a deep level. And it's like the butterfly effect. When we do that work, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are not as privileged or do not have access to this information or they're you know, women are being suppressed in many parts of the world and violated and harmed. And, mm-hmm. and that is even more reason to, to do this for ourselves because we are able to, and no one is holding us back, but, but ourselves. And it's, you know, it's a very deep process of shedding all those layers of conditioning um, the, like you mentioned, the barriers around our heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, reclaiming our sexuality really is kind of that final piece for so many <laughs> of us who've mm-hmm. tried so many different paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and was this, this was a part of kind of this like third spiritual awakening you had later in life? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I I just have to I just have to say something. <laughs> yes, please do. I don't know why I'm being called to say this right now. I and this is a an, an intimate thing about me that I'm gonna share, but um so I'm a little nervous. But I had not my husband and I ha- struggled a lot after having my daughter sexually and we didn't have sex for two years mm-hmm. after I had my daughter, um, or before bef- before and after, but um, when I went through this awaken awakening is the only thing I can really think of describe it, but I, and I started to get back in touch with myself. I, and I started to ex- experience that intimacy again with him. It was like this whole other world that I didn't even know existed <laughs> in our relationship. And just like in general, like, I didn't even know that I could be held in that way you know like and or or seen in that way and 
and, and now that we've had our second daughter and feeling, I mean, it's, it's like this time in comparison to the last time when I was in the postpartum time is so different. It's so, mm. it's like a completely different relationship, you know? And I just, I don't, that was a little random, but I just felt like I needed Not to say random. that. <laughs> and would you, would you say that because you're able to create that deep intimacy with your husband, like that essentially started first with creating that intimacy, like with yourself. And so being able to practice that with your partner came a lot easier. Totally. Yeah. I would not have been able to, I would, I, it, cause it, it felt, I think I was trying to, before I started with myself and it was way too overwhelming. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it, and I've learned that through being in recovery too. Like I, you know, they say a lot in, 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 oh, I'm just going to say in AA, which is where I got sober, um, that, you know, you, you get to get sober first before getting all the things like the relationship or the job or whatever, because if you don't have your, if you don't have your sobriety, then you won't keep anything else because it's, because your foundation is not stable, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel it's the same kind of way with, with my intimacy, with my relationship, with my sexuality, because I get to grow that foundation with me, or I would, I had to gain a foundation. I didn't even have a foundation. Like I literally had no connection to my sexual, like being a sensual, there was nothing (laughs) like I was totally shut down. And, um, when I started to develop that, I, I was able to experience it with, with him because, um, the door had opened, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate it because that's a part of our intention with this podcast is to create safe space and to normalize these conversations, because this is a really, this is reality for many women and mothers, especially you know, after childbirth, I've heard, I don't have children yet, but so, you know, people can relate to this and then they start to feel like they're not alone. And again, there's possibility because at any age we're able to reclaim sexual sovereignty mm-hmm. and like everything, it always begins with within. So thank you for eloquently expressing <laughs> that and just being <laughs> being really open. I I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, Amber, to know how the rose medicine is connected to Mary Magdalene, or if there's a connection there, like I know there is, but maybe you can elaborate on that more. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's a really good question because for a long time I knew that there was a correlation, but I didn't know what it was. And so I finally have tapped into that. And this is this is what I believe to be true. Again, you know, I encourage everyone to go find their own interpretation. Um, but mine is that I personally believe that in the birth of existence, I guess I'll say that there is this um, frequency. <laughs> uh, I don't really know how else to say it, but of, of this, it's almost like, of, uh, I'm just going to call it the feminine. And a lot of people call that frequency Sophia, or that Sophia is the, is the beginning of all that. Sophia is kind of known as like the, um, is, is, is similar to God. What a lot of people say is God is Sophia. Sophia Christ consciousness. The, mm-hmm. the Sophia code is a great book for that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and that this, that creation and, and I will say just a side note that Sophia, uh, her symbol can um, there's, I, I think, I can't remember what it's called, but there's like a beetle or something that is a symbol, symbol of Sophia. And it's this beetle that can actually like birth itself. And so that's kind of what people believe that where it came from, that this frequency birthed herself. And I personally believe that it's shown up in all these different forms and ways in our existence. So it's shown up as certain people like, or as gods like Isis, the, was the um, mother goddess in the Egyptian Mm -hmm. culture. A lot of people know, know of her, um, or, um, you know, in the, in the Greek Aphrodite, uh, and then in the, like in the stars Venus, um, and then as a plant, the, the rose plant. And so, and, and how these are all connected is they all have the, this frequency of femininity and like the, the planet of Venus is the, is the, is the feminine love relationship planet. And in, in, this is blows my mind. This is why I love, I love, uh, I, I love astrology, but I also love specifically Venus, because if you watch Venus's orbit in space, like from earth, if you literally track her orbit from earth, she does this thing where she's constantly like every year and a half, she goes like up above the earth. And then she goes down, down under the earth. And then she goes up above the earth. And she does that for a total of eight years. And in that eight years, she creates literally a, 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 pent, a, a five petaled pentagram, which looks like a rose. Like it literally looks like an open rose in the sky. If, if you look at it like it, uh, on paper or you can Google the orbit of Venus and you can see. Um, right, I've, I've seen that on YouTube. It's extraordinary. It is. Yeah. And a lot of people use that sign as like a feminine expression. You know, there's that, that symbol is on a lot of people's Instagrams and websites and stuff. And um, yeah, it's and- part of my logo as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when and- you, when you look at the rose intuitively, I mean, it's like so Mm -hmm. sensual and looks like a yoni and Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of very iconic all over the world for being like what you give your lover Mm -hmm. um and on valentine's day so Mm -hmm. it's i'm Mm -hmm. sure it's all connected exactly yeah and the rose plant is like one of the oldest plants that we know of in existence on earth and that it has one of the highest frequencies too compared to all other plants and, and, and it shows because roses aren't cheap. You know, if you go to the grocery store and you go look at all the flowers, the roses are the most expensive, you know, because it's, it holds that, it holds that, that frequency that's mm-hmm. so valuable and pungent and deep and powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. So in a short answer, that's, um... <laughs> no, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I have been more obsessed with roses recently. I have, I'll just show you quick because we're on video, but this is my new obsession, rose water. And I've been Mm. like, after every body work healing session that I do, I literally just douse myself in in the rose water. And I just feel this immediate clearing and cleansing of Mm. energy. And it's just, it's so good. And then also having like fresh roses in my room has been Mm -hmm. a favorite thing that I've been doing Mm -hmm. lately. So Mm -hmm. And yes. I, I feel that, feel that frequency from it and just having yes. it in, in my space is, is really nurturing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janessa and I 
didn't know we were both doing this, but we both put rose petals in our cacao this morning. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to say for anyone listening, like if you are inter- interested in tapping more into it, there's so many different ways to connect with this frequency, specifically like with rose medicine, like what you're like, what you're saying, Janessa, or like drinking rose tea or yeah, please tell us more how we can integrate this into our everyday life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love taking ritual baths and like mm. I just love like I I personally call the bath the womb because it's like <laughs> because it's like Absolutely. you know when when we're in the womb, we're in like a bath of water and mm. warm water and um that's like feeding us. You know, literally like that's what the amniotic or fluid does in the womb is it like the food that I eat goes into the fluid and like feeds the baby. And so that's what that's kind of what I picture when I get into a bath and I love using rose petals and like I I have like a container of rose petals that I use almost every time I take a bath and um and same with me like I you know I I have the rose water that I use a lot. Another thing that I haven't heard a whole lot of people doing, but I did this uh, and I, I, I want to do it like at least once a year. It was so powerful for me. I did a, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it, but I, uh, I guess I'll just call it a rose attunement. It's kind of like how people use ayahuasca, but I did it with, with rose medicine. And so I, Mm. um, took like a, I made a rose tea and I had to like pretty much ferment it. Like it was like a really, like really dark water rose tea. So it was oh, really wow. like potent. And um, it was like a six week long thing that I did where I was fasting in different ways. And, and then I was drinking this tea every day and listening to this, um, these chants, I guess I'll call it that. And it, that was so powerful for me. I was working with a woman. I'm just going to give her a shout out. Her name's Laura, L-A-R-A, Charlotte. Um, she lives in New Zealand and mm. it was so powerful for me. I, I, and that was probably one of the most like shifting ways that I worked with rose medicine, probably because there was just like, it was just a potent expression of it. Mm-hmm. So when you were saying that, I was like, are you going to be guiding people through these? <laughs> I would love to at some point, but I'm not qualified to do that yet. But yeah, no, I went through this woman who, and she's the only person I've ever met who, who does that. She used to run an ayahuasca retreat center in Peru for years. She did that. And then she, it's similar. She went through a similar thing with the Rose Medicine Awakening thing and ended up bringing, you know, what her experience with running ayahuasca retreats into Rose Medicine. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that was really powerful for me, but Mm. yeah. Incredible. Mm. And what are your, what are some of your favorite resources to learn about this work? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. I, gosh, I've looked everywhere. I, I mean, Laura, Laura Charlotte is, I'm I'm giving her a shout out because she, I did the rose attunement with her and she, she just works deeply with rose medicine. She does different trainings and stuff. Um, but you know, it's, I will, um, yeah, there's a couple people who do, who do this work, um, that I've found and I honest, and I love, uh, you know, everyone has their different style. So it I meant just, more so books, but oh, yeah, you can yeah, finish yeah. this thread and I'm, yeah, I'm curious <laughs> and I'm curious yeah. how people can also work, work with you and what, what things that you offer as well. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, if anyone wants to get more like information about some of the things that I mentioned, I have a YouTube channel where I've recorded all this. Um, and you can just look up my name, Amber Brown short. I'll put all uh, the links in the description too, for okay. people that want to go straight there. Yeah. And as far as books go, my two that I always recommend, and these are kind of the most mainstream right now is, uh, one of them is called Mary Magdalene revealed, uh, written by, um, uh, Megan, um, I can't remember her last name right now, but Mary Magdalene revealed that one is a great book to start out with because she has like a PhD. She's like very academics. She's really smart. She has a PhD in religious studies and she, and she specified on, um, the, this whole feminine piece with religious studies. And she wrote this book about Mary Magdalene that is like really, um, it just like puts it all out there of like what's true and what's and and what she believes the truth is as far as like what we have for evidence but if you want to go more of the spiritual route uh there's a channeled version called um magdalene manuscript yes yes thank you uh (laughs) by tom Tom kenyon (laughs) yes and that is probably one of my favorite books I've ever read it's it and it goes very deeply into sex magic mm-hmm. and and it is and the manuscript which is like the first like I don't know 50 pages or something that storyline of what was you know um channeled cha- yeah channeled yeah. from Mary Magdalene I believe to be the truest version I've ever come across and um and then you know Tom and uh, his wife go into their whole journey around sex magic and everything that they know about it and how to do it. And And he's an, yeah, he's an incredible sound healer Mm. with his voice. If you never heard what he channels, the whales and all these really powerful frequencies. Wow. Have you never heard his music? Mm -mm. Oh my goodness. I haven't heard him either, but um, Sam is very much influenced by him. My, my friend. Right. So, Mm. Mm-hmm. that's interesting <laughs> wow that is so cool I did not know that about them yeah it's funny because I started reading that the Magdalene manuscript in my early 20s and I didn't finish it and I felt like it kind of the mysteries kind of went into dormancy like they gave me like this little taste and like revealed themselves but then they went dormant again and like recently in the past year or two I feel like they're really like starting to come alive in my awareness and i've also listened to half of the uh mary magdalene revealed on audible so i'm slowly working through that one but yeah yeah those are my those are my two favorite um and they're the easiest to start out with so yeah those are mine those are yeah those are probably the best resources that i have but yeah and what what work do you do specifically because i know you are so multifaceted and talented and you have lots of incredible (laughs) offerings. Yeah, I, um, I do coaching and I do, yeah, I work with people one-on-one with that. And, um, and I, yeah. And in my coaching, I, I, my specialty, I feel like is, is trauma work. Cause I, that's all my background is in trauma recovery. And so I love working with people, especially on the, on the, um, intimacy side like how that shows up in their relationships or how it blocks them through you know really just their life um but I also you know have this like (laughs) 
other influence to it, which is what we've talked about, like this femininity per, um, influence as well as astrology. And I, I have a big passion for how astrology affects us and how, and, and just the insight it can give us. So I, I do, um, uh, readings for people as well as hold a monthly astro astro, uh, circle that I take a, you know, an astrological event and then bring some kind of lesson from it that we can use in our personal lives. So I, mm. I do that once a month plus my one-on-one work. So that's what I got right now. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And Amber, I would love to ask you one last question that we ask all our guests before we sign off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is what is bringing you the most pleasure right now? Mm. That's a good question. Well, I'm three months postpartum right now. Um, so I, the thing that is bringing me the most pleasure, honestly, I mean, there's a lot of things, but I would say <laughs> the things that are the most is, um, is, it, it, is I'm just going to say it because I don't know why I have some resistance around it, but it's, <laughs> say it. <laughs> it's not even that like, whatever, but it's going to the gym. I guess because like the gym was like, I was always like, but like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just like, first of all, I get my alone time, you know, and Mm. I just like get to like, listen to my podcast and my headphones. Mm. And I just like, get to like, just be back in my body. You know what I mean? My body isn't being like used for somebody else's needs. You know, it's just Mm. like, I'm just like (laughs) doing whatever the fuck I want, you know, like, (laughs) It's like my, it's like my safe place right now. It's like my, my retreat center <laughs> over there. So I love that. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I also too have had a, a desire to go back in the gym. Cause I used to be an active gym goer and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm noticing that like that desire is, is coming up again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm stoked yeah. for you. You're getting yeah, to experience thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, and I will say one more thing. I was thinking about it when you were, you guys were talking about your rose tea, but I'm obsessed with these uh, kombucha drinks right now. And it Mm -hmm. actually has rose, rose in it, but it's called, it's called pure love. It's so funny that we're talking about this and I'm drinking this, but it's called pure, (laughs) pure love. And it has uh, rose hibiscus and blood orange in it. It's so good. I'm like, so feminine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is there anything else you want to add Samantha at all? Just thank you so much for being our first ever guest to the Pleasure Alchemy podcast. <laughs> thank you. I'm honored. I always love everything that Janessa and you guys are up to. And I just, I'm so honored that you guys asked me to be here. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pleasure Alchemy podcast. We greatly appreciate your support and we love having you here in our space this podcast resonated with or lit you up in any way please subscribe leave a five-star review as well as a written review on apple Podcasts. this helps our message expand and reach more people and if you feel inspired please share this podcast with a friend or take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on your instagram stories we absolutely love it when our listeners reach out and let us know how the podcast impacted, inspired, or influenced them. You may email us at thepleasurealchemypodcast at gmail.com. Also, we invite you to come follow us on our YouTube channel, The Pleasure Alchemy Podcast, and on our Instagrams so we can stay connected. 
The links are located in the description below. New episodes are released every Tuesday, so stay tuned and see you next week. Thank you. Much love.